0: Hey badders? it's David here. Just doing a little bit of a explanation of today's episode. We recorded an intro not knowing who the guest was gonna be, because over Christmas and with a couple of people not showing up, we thought we'd get ahead at least on some of the work, which is why we recorded this section. Turned out with the Camille interview, we had far too many questions to fit in the, the first hour that we'd scheduled with her. So this today is the Q&A that we put your questions to her but the next section we didn't know that while we were recording so it might not make 100% sense um, but we wanted to include it anyway because it was quite a fun chat between Jodie and I so enjoy that enjoy Camille we'll be, be back to normal hopefully from next week cheers guys they're bad they're boys and occasionally
1: they talk about running Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back, Baby, come back. With
2: the bye, bye, bye,
0: bye, 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 I must admit I was a clone to be messing around, but that doesn't mean that you have to leave. do come back. Yeah, if it's all right to, to, I guess, just go into loads of questions, um, and we've got uh-huh. quite a few. Quite a few on the blog as well. Um,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were we we got to talking about my twenty four hour world record, and uh, I'm sure everybody had a lot of questions on on that. So I don't I don't remember where we left off, but uh, but yeah, you can ask me whatever you like.
0: Well, I guess we were we've been talking about the the hour records.
2: Oh, and, that's right. Um, yeah.
0: And and for something like that, because twenty four hour. We, we've discussed before, but I think people can can understand that as something manageable for a team, for a crew, you know, even for a person. Whereas it was 48 hours is obviously so different. And um, like, how are you going to organise? your crew and I uh, like what would your crew be and, and how are you gonna set it up because there's no way well you know is Connor there for 48 hours or
2: <laughs> yeah uh, I I have at least two people uh, and we're we're hoping to get a third person that's gonna help us. Uh, so, so yeah, obviously they're going to have to take some sleep time for them and, uh, eating and, um, but yeah, me, I mean, I'm going to be having to try and run as far as I can. And, uh, uh, just, uh, I like from talking to other people who have done multi-day stuff. Um, I mean, they've talked about sleep deprivation and calories and, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to get more fatigued and, uh, it's kind of like when I did my first 24 hour world record that, uh, I mean, you just reach a point where it's like your whole body shuts down and you're just trying to keep that light on in your brain. And so you're trying to tell your brain to tell your legs to keep moving, even though that your legs are so like, your legs feel like rocks. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm kind of anticipating, like, you know, my body just going into, like, a rigor mortis type of state, and, um, and I just have to tell my brain, you know, keep my brain awake and just tell my legs to keep moving, so.
0: And are you going to have um... – given that that it's going to be a next level amount of that are, are you going to have a, a whole kind of aid station system where you have a fold out bed are you going to have a masseur are you going to have you know things like that
2: yeah yeah uh, i i mean for me like when i when i take power naps at the world championship i was just able to lay down on a table and close my eyes for about five to seven minutes and um yeah, I mean, I seem—I guess not everybody can can do that, you know. Just take a power nap in like five minutes, but uh, that was something that I got to practice with. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of anticipating that they'll probably have cots, and um, I I'll have to talk with Connor because we talked about maybe renting like. Um, like a, like a mobile home or something like to, to be able to get away and um, have a quiet space. But I, I would imagine since they're going to be having six day and 10 day races that they're going to have stuff like that set up. So um yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's one of those things that you can't totally anticipate what it's going to be like until you actually do it. Um, but, but yeah, in, in my mind, I'm going to be just trying to run as far as I can and to, to keep moving and uh, yeah, I mean just working with your body when I'm uh, hungry and I feel like I need to eat more solid type of foods. Um, But otherwise, I mean I've gotten by on eating gels for 24 Mm -hmm. hours and, um, and then just like mixing up with things like potatoes or a taco and a beer and um, yeah, I mean I, I'm going to pretty much just work with my body and if I feel like I need to take a power nap, I will. And um, I think the biggest Another issue to mention is like overnight, it, yeah. gets, it gets really cold. And so I have to be really cognizant not to get like hypothermic because um, I think that was an issue when I ran the 24-hour world record a year ago uh, was I, got, I, I wasn't putting on enough layers. And so by the time that I put on layers, um, I, I was already feeling hypothermic and it was kind of hard to overcome that. Um, so I've got to be like cognizant to put on layers, uh, like sooner. So, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) And and is it easy to get stuff like hot water there? Do you have electricity readily on hand in kettles? And can you be having the lukewarm energy drinks?
2: Oh, that's, that's a great point. Um, I would imagine they'll probably have things like soup and, uh, like hot, yeah, I mean, that that would be a great idea, like maybe hot tea or something. <laughs> uh, I'll have to mention that to Connor. Uh, yeah, at the, at the World Championship, he was actually making up uh, iced tea for me and putting it in my water bottles overnight. Because um, I, I really I really like like uh, cold iced tea with a lot of sugar in it. So uh, so, yeah, maybe if it gets cold, I'll have to have like hot tea instead
0: because is is this on a track again the 48 hour attempt
2: Uh, I think the the loop is going to be just over a mile long Mm. so so uh, yeah I think it's just over 1600 meters
0: and will they have similar rules with kind of no music and no headphones or will you be able to deploy Uh, those
2: yeah uh, I think I think for the yeah that's a great question because I think um the the USATF rules and the IAU that keeps the world best, uh, I think that they allow headphones for 24 hours and beyond. Um, and I think, like, like, when I ran Desert Solstice on the track a year ago, I think they leave it up to the discretion of – I guess, like, the wording is a little bit different for USATF versus the IAU, but, right. uh, but they leave it up to the discretion of the race – um, whether to allow headphones so um so yeah there's there's headphones allowed but but for me personally I I'm not I don't run with headphones so it's something that I'm not really I don't want to like do anything new you know on race day um but but I do I do like to listen to like my pump up music and uh I can't remember if I mentioned this the last time we <laughs> talked but my I think uh, my my favorite song uh, to imagine in my head when I race is Frank Sinatra's Come Fly With Me.
0: <laughs> oh, right. Okay, because it's not that high tempo, really.
2: No, come fly with me, let's fly, <laughs> let's fly. So, like, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, I mean, it's, like, so great because uh, he talks about, like, going into rarefied air. and mm. uh, And so I just, like if If my brain is like completely fuzzy and I can't think of any other song, I always think of that song and I mean just the lyrics and just imagining you know like how oh, far like it's just <laughs> it's a great song so
0: we, um, we've just been discussing the Ultra stage um, next month and how all the speakers should have their own walk-on music and kind of walk through the crowd. Everyone crazy, but I, I guess that answers which song you'd like to walk on to. <laughs>
2: oh, totally, totally. Yeah, you guys ought to have it. Ought to be like a was it WWF wrestling or something? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah.
0: that's exactly what we're thinking. Yeah, that. Well, we we'd say the equipment would be the darts, but yeah, in the same way, we want everyone cheering and standing and going crazy um yeah. to get the energy up by really up um <laughs> and so um have you are, you are you changing any of your preparation then for the because you mentioned how you, your pace is going to be similar actually to 24 hour but are you changing any of your training and are you changing any of your you kind of diet beforehand uh
2: no i don't i don't really do anything different with my training or uh, my diet i know that like It's so weird to like, I mean, in in ultra runners, I mean, everybody's like eating all different ways. And I mean, I, I like to eat like everything. So I don't think that I could alter my diet just because I I like to eat food and I like everything. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine cutting out certain foods because I'm like, no, I'm like, I like to eat that. So um, I just eat a pretty balanced diet. And um, I mean, I guess people think that, you know, for me to do what I do, they think I'm, like, eating a really healthy diet. But, mm. I mean, I just straight up need calories. And so, I mean, yesterday I was eating, like, bacon and a beer after my run. So, um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you get a bacon beer, that would be your your ideal.
2: <laughs> Probably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, and, and in terms of the, the times then, because – I, I don't, I have got no concept of what the 48 hour record is for men, for women. Um, I mean, is it, is it well known or do you know what they are already or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And um, so the women's record was set by Patricia Baranowska, uh, from Poland. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she, I think her, her record that she set hasn't been ratified yet. So, um, but she ran 249 miles, Uh, which I'm not sure what that is in kilometers, (laughs) but uh, we
0: we do miles as well in the UK. That's fine. That's uh, good. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. So she, she ran about 249 miles and uh, Giannis Coros uh, holds the men's record, which is 294 miles. And so I think, I think the thing is like, because 24 hours is like the world championship distance
1: Mm -hmm. that
2: a lot of people do not go beyond 24 hours. And so when you get into the multi-day running, I mean, it's like a whole other realm of, uh, like people that do it. And, um, and so I, I don't think that they're, I mean, Patricia, she formerly held the world best. Um, Mm. before I, I broke her record a year ago. And so she's obviously a pretty good runner, but I mean, her, her, performance that she set was her very first time doing 48 hours so I bet I bet it's one of those things where you just have to get the experience and um mm. because because yeah I mean like the more you do something the better you get at it but uh, but yeah I mean it's this is gonna be my first time and um I mean I I have it in my mind that I'm going to at least break her record and then just see how far I can go you know to get closer to to uh Giannis
0: and you'd, you'd think you'd have a good shot because it's, I mean, it's essentially 50% further than your 24-hour <laughs> distance, really, which should, I mean, it's hard to know what happens in those second 24 hours, but you'd, yeah. you'd hope that you can go, at, you know, 50% of the speed of the first half. Um, yeah, you'd think yeah. that would be capable.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, looking, looking at what Giannis did, uh, he, he ran, like, pretty far on his first day, and, and then the second day he like, I think his, I think he ran like 60% of his mileage in day one and 40% in day two. And so it was something like 177 miles in day one. And then he only ran like 117 on day two. So yeah, it's, it, I actually think that's pretty terrible. <laughs> but, uh <laughs>
0: As but, in the, the day two or for t- too much on day one or
2: yeah I mean I, I think that's a pretty terrible split but I mean I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think uh, I think I'm not I'm not gonna fault him because he holds the world best for the men so uh, so yeah I think I think I have it in my mind that I could run potentially 160 plus miles on day one. And then it's just a matter of, you know, maybe going like 100 to 120 miles on day two. Um, and so, so yeah, my, my, my thought process is because I, I got within 7% of his road best for 24 hours. And so the question is, you know, how far do I have to go to get closer and closer to his world best? So maybe I'll be only 5% off, you know, for going 48 hours or, um, or who knows, maybe I'll surpass one of his records. I mean, that's kind of the the cool thing of uh, going further is seeing, you know, as, as a, as a woman, you know, can I get closer to his records? Like, is that is there something, you know, physiologically unique about being a woman or about the way I run and, um, you know, that can get me closer uh, to his records? So
0: I think as well, it's almost um, oddly that like the longer you go, the less people generally compete at that distance but in terms yeah. of capturing the public imagination i think if you were to break the 48 hour record it would probably get a wider audience of non-runners <laughs> than if you were to beat the 24 hour record because they it would just blow their mind what you'd manage to achieve more
2: yeah i i think that that's kind of what we're seeing is um it seems like the further i go the more or, or the further that any of us go um, you know, you talk about that spine race over in the UK that, um, was won by, um,
0: Jasmine, uh, yeah.
2: Jasmine. Yeah. Um, it seems like people are really intrigued by the really, really long races. Mm. And so, so, you know, if I go 48 hours and I hit like 280 miles or something like that, I mean, people are gonna be like 280 miles. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of cool that, um, our, I think people can't really wrap their heads around running that far. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's intriguing for me that, you know, eventually I'm going to go like six days um, or a thousand miles, Uh, you know, a thousand miles. Like, you know, that's (laughs) like, (laughs) so, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that, uh, I mean, I, I feel like limitless. Like I feel like, uh, having gone through 24 hours and having, you know, been able to, uh, tell my mind to push my legs, uh, mm-hmm. to, to push through, you know, a, a level of fatigue, I feel like, wow, you know, I think I can go, you know, uh, 300 miles or six days or, you know, just keep going further. Cause it, it seems like our brain is like the, the, the factor, you know, that can continue to will our body So
0: I think there's also always some prick in the office who hangs his hat on the fact that he's run so far and walks around with a swagger. And so when when it when you give us the opportunity, and in fact that's often been me in the office, so I apologize, colleagues, but um <laughs> but when you when you give people the opportunity to just put them in their place by going, Well, look at Camille, she's absolutely trounced you. I think people love that. The fact that you give this opportunity to silence just these terrible people who just won't stop talking about themselves. Um <laughs> So you've, you've mentioned about the power of the brain thing, because we a few episodes yeah. ago, we, we had Mark on and, and he was um, he was talking about Halo um, and, yeah. and using that in in sport. But in ultra running, because is that something you've been using as well then?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So uh, so Mark had sent me the, the Halo neuroscience, uh, the uh, headset. Uh, he sent it to me when I was training for the Comrades Marathon two and a half years ago. And uh, I mean, me being a science person, I'm kind of one of those people that I, I'm a little bit skeptical. Like, I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really sure if this is like pseudoscience or if, it, if it's an actual like real effect. Mm. And so my thought, my thought was, well, I'm going to start using it during my strength training because my strength training is, you know, my strength training is a skill, and it's in a controlled environment, and I can, I can, like, you know, more closely monitor whether the, the, the headphones are actually doing something, and so I started wearing it, like, like I think, uh, I think the, it, it says to wear it like 30 minutes or something before you yeah, do your workout. 20 minutes, that's right, yeah. Or 20 minutes. Um, so I started wearing it before my workout and then my strength training routine. And then I started doing my strength training routine. Well, it was like lifting a 30-pound thir- like weight. It felt like a paperclip. <laughs> like it was so – like I would be doing like the bench press on my, um, on my uh, bench – And I was like, whoa, like, I was like, holy cow, like, this weight feels so much lighter to me, like, uh, and, I mean, all I had done differently was to put the headphones on, the Halo Mm -hmm. headphones, and uh, so I, like, I, like, zipped through my strength training routine, and it was like, oh, my gosh, like, these weights are, like, so much easier to lift, and, uh, and so I was like, oh. so anyways, I, I kept wearing the headphones and um, during my strength routine, like leading up to comrades and, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I, I just was lifting so much more weight than I normally did. And, um, and then and I, obviously,
0: how, how would yeah. that then impact on, cause say you've lifted this because it's hard to know, like part, partly how, but also <laughs> would your, would your muscles then be more fatigued because they've lifted more or would they um you know would the adaptations be faster or greater or you know how, how did it actually play out into what it changed when you weren't using them though
2: yeah, yeah. So, um, so I mean, I I generally find that with my strength training routine, that if I start it about eight weeks before a race, that by about the sixth week, I see a correlation um, to my running where I see a jump in my running fitness. So. Uh, I started seeing that jump in my running. Like, uh, I basically, cause I, I was coming back from an injury at the time. And so my training wasn't ideal leading up to comrades. And so we were, we hadn't even booked our plane ticket, um, until like two weeks before the race. And so I, you know, was doing my strength routine. I was wearing the Halo neuroscience um, headphones before my workouts. And uh, I mean, I went from I went from thinking there's no way I can run comrades to Okay, holy cow! I just had this huge <laughs> jump in my running fitness, uh, and booking our plane tickets, and then going to comrades and winning, um, and so so yeah. I mean, it just like happened, you know, so so fast that my I saw this jump in my running fitness like. Like within six weeks of you know doing my strength routine and getting back running, um and so so yeah I mean whatever <laughs> yeah so whatever happened you know I mean it, it like it worked so.
0: Well, well, kind of talking about I guess sponsors and s- partnerships. I've got a couple of questions that are a bit um a bit pricklier, shall we say, a bit harder. So um you know do <laughs> do say I'm not going to answer that if you don't feel you know um. That it's my place to ask first one is you always talk about how you you know you've used gels just gels for 24 hours oh, yeah. but you never mention which gel like are you is, is there a reason for that are you holding out for a gel sponsor <laughs> or are they you know do you do you mix between them or why is it that you don't necessarily kind of wear them the flag of the gel company in the same <laughs> way you do you do for, say your trainers or or similar things
2: Oh, uh, well, I've, I've actually, the, the past year I've been using, uh, Unived gels, um, who, who is based in India. And so I, I had spent like a couple years trying a bunch of different gels and, uh, trying to figure out like, you know, which is the right brand that I really like. And, um, and so Unived has like amazing flavors and um, so, yeah, I've, I, I do have a gel sponsor. Uh, How Unived, do you spell Unived? I've, I've
0: never uh, even heard of them.
2: Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I'm not really sure if they're in the UK, but uh, but they're in America now. And so I think that they're like becoming more available like internationally. So, so maybe may, – I'm not sure if they're in the UK, but maybe they'll, mm. they'll be coming your way. Um, but Unived is uh, U-N-I-V-E-D. So and Unived. How,
0: how did you discover them? They, you just saw them in the States or did they approach you or?
2: Yeah. So um, my friend Hayden Hawks, um, who is a trail runner, I, I saw that he was using their product. And I can't remember if, I think that they reached out to me and uh, maybe because through uh, Hayden. And mm-hmm. so I actually started using their gels back in 2017. And they were, they were one of the first, uh, international companies that was sending me their gels. And, um, I really liked, I really liked how, um, I liked how they taste and, and the consistency of them. They're, they're, uh, they're not too thick. They're like pretty easy to, to squeeze out of the package and so, um, for, for me, you know, running the the further I go, like I don't wanna like really hassle with a bunch of gels, you know, that mm. are hard to hard to swallow and that sort of thing. Um, so for me it was more about the flavor and the consistency of the gel that I really liked. And um
0: In fact- they, they look a lot more cause cause American gels and British gels, we do tend to have a split and, and yours do tend to be thicker, um, yeah. kind of more like goo gels, whereas ours are more isotonic and, um, it yeah. looks as if Unived's more, more comparable to the ones that we have, I'd say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, let's see, what was the, I, I, cause I did at one time try some UK gels. I think it was by Torque. Mm, yeah. Was it yeah. Torque? Yeah. Oh, that's so, right. I got
0: them to send out some of the beer ones to you, didn't I?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The the IPA? I feel like there yeah, was like, something
1: there was like an that,
2: IPA gel or something like that. Um, yeah. So so yeah, I got to try some other international gels, and and like you said, uh, they were more isotonic and uh, easier easier to get down. And so, um, so yeah, I, like, I, I felt like Unived, Unived is a really, uh, I liked uh, the the um, Amit is his, his name is Amit that's from the from India, and so I really liked talking about the science of gels behind him, and um, I felt like like they have a really good grasp on the product that they're making, mm-hmm. and uh, you know why they're making it the way that they do, and um, so so yeah that that's the gels that I've been using the past year,
0: and I mean in a way it's it shows my ignorance or my amazement that that the revolution in gels is coming from india i just didn't think they'd have uh, a culture in the types of sports really that that, that needed gels uh, or, or would use gels yeah. to the extent that we would but um, oh really interesting um yeah and then on to on to another another one of your sponsors we've we've talked about nike uh, in the the previous episode and, and you're obviously a, a, a famously nike backed runner i was just wondering in terms of how how do you feel about kind of Nike's reputation at the moment and particularly with things like the Mo Farah backing, the Salazar and, and Mary Kane, you know, is, do, do, do you feel that that it, does that come into your, your thought when you think about your partners or does, does, does that is that something that you have to consider as well?
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is something that I mean, I've been asked a lot. And I mean, even even like yesterday on Twitter. um, I mean, there's there, the trolls come out of the woodwork whenever I talk, start talking about my shoes or Nike mm. or that sort of thing. And you know, I, I think that with every company that I mean, there's going to be good and bad with every company and every athlete has to go with the brand that's the best fit. And uh, the best situation and support for them. And so um, I've worn Nikes going back for most of my career since 1995. And I was wearing their shoes when I started running ultras in 2015. And so for me, obviously what I do, the shoes are very, very important because I'm running for extremely long distances. Mm. And so Uh, So, I mean, for me, it was it was really about just the product and the quality of the product, because I had tried other shoe brands that are more popular in ultra and trail running. Um, And so I had gone through a period where I had shoe companies sending me a lot of different shoes to try. And I kept going back to my Nike's. Um, because that's what I had worn for most of my career. And that's what I had worn for my world championships back in 2015. So, um, so for me, it's all about the product and, uh, you know, being, being able to believe in and, uh, to, to have great shoes. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, the ethics of a company, I mean, obviously Nike has like 70% of the share on the market, so they're going to be more, you know, mainstream. Like there's, you know, they're more in the public view. And so, you know, I, I think it it really sucks that there's athletes that have had a a bad situation, you know, working with a brand. But I don't think that their situation should be generalized to other athletes. And uh because not every every athlete's having a bad experience with a brand. Um and I I mean for me, Nike just happened to be the best fit for me uh when I signed with them three years ago. Um, and they, I mean, they support me, they believe in me, they, they, you know, they provide the, the financial support to, to help, you know, propel my career. So, I mean, if I, if I just made a decision just based on ethics, I mean, I think that any company you're going to find a situation where, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one athlete was treated poorly and another wasn't, or, you know, maybe I I could say Hoka, you know, maybe Hoka like has an athlete that was caught doping and, you know, while other athletes are clean. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, you know, all I can do is control my own integrity. I mean, I'm somebody that doesn't take drugs, uh, but but yeah I mean it, unfortunately there are athletes and coaches that you know that are unethical and and you know I can't control that you know like I don't have <laughs> I don't have any they don't have any impact or you know direct correlation to me and so uh, for, yeah that uh, but yeah I mean Nike just happens to be the best fit for me so.
0: And and do you think with because with all relationships there's um that th- there's a, a balance of power and you know as you become more and more successful and you know, I do believe you're going to break these records I think you're going to crush <laughs> them um but you know go on to win more and more and obviously your profile is going to grow and your your ability to negotiate with Nike your your power in that relationship will will shift as well do you think it's do you think that becomes a responsibility to try and protect other people who in dealing with Nike or do you think that you know everyone should really has to look after themselves I uh,
2: I'm not really sure uh how that works I mean I'm I'm you know I'm my own individual athlete like I'm not training with a group and I'm not like up in Portland and so I'm not like super like I guess, connected like Alberto was. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all I can do is just, you know, control my own integrity that I have. And um, I I have a really good relationship with Nike. And um, my agent, Mark, um, who we talked about works with Halo. And um, he used to work for Nike, and he has really good relationships with Nike. Um, so so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hope that, I can have like a long-term, you know, situation with Nike, um, just because they, I believe in the brand and they believe in me. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope I can be with them as long as I can, but you know, if there ever comes a point that, you know, the situation changes that, you know, I can still say that, Hey, well, Nike, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm happy that Nike supported me for this part of my career and that, uh, you know, I was able to set all these records in their shoes and do all these amazing things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I I have nothing but positive things to say about Nike, and um, yeah, and, I mean, I hope I can be with that brand for as long as I can. So,
0: well, and you mentioned um, a little bit about the trolls coming out. Are, are you are you <laughs> finding that? I mean, is that getting worse? It, oh, is the internet getting um? It, because because your profile is obviously growing and you know, society has a problem well members of society have a problem with um successful females essentially
1: yeah, like, are yeah. you
0: like how how do you deal with that and and do you think the situation's getting worse or better
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I obviously didn't know I'm such a happy, positive person (laughs) that, (laughs) that when I, when I got into the sport and, uh, I, I had no idea like getting in that I was going to be as successful as I am. And, uh, it was really incredible because within a year, um, I mean, I was dealing with like cyber bullies and, um, People that just were were probably jealous of me and uh, just trying to tear me down. Or um, I mean, I it seems like every every year I've had to deal with somebody like making some sort of crazy accusation against me. And uh, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? I mean, I I'm not I'm not used to that because I'm just such a happy, positive person. Like I would never. I'm I'm in a very ethical person and so uh, but but, yeah I mean I've, I've had to accept that you know being in the spotlight and uh, that, that people are going to find ways to tear me down or make accusations and I got to give credit to my husband because uh, he manages uh, pretty much all the communication that I have. Uh, I mean, I have all my emails going to him now. And so, uh, I think you, you, even you were working with, uh, trying to arrange, you know, times and, uh, to do this podcast. Uh, so I, I've had to like, uh, I guess you could say like put on the earmuffs and, mm. you know, not be like fully, Fully in touch with the media and the communication. Um, I mean, for me, I've had to like kind of more limit myself to, uh, you know, my my social my social networks like you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um. So so yeah. So on the on my social media, that's pretty much me. Mm-hmm. But. But as far as like communication and uh, like being able, my I mean Connor, Connor reads all the news sources and uh, he watches podcasts and uh, so he's kind of the one that like keeps me kind of informed. But I'm not, I I don't read things anymore basically, like unless I just happen to decide I want to read like I Run Far or something. Um, so, so, yeah, I've kind of had to limit my media consumption. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, if I, if I have trolls, like, on Twitter, uh, you know, attacking me or something, then, you know, I can, I can block them. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have to deal with every, everybody that's, you know, trying to draw out, you know, uh, direct, like, hate towards me that, you know, I, I just block those people and, you know, just not have to deal with them, so...
0: And, and I think actually that the good thing, about, the only good thing about the word trolls is that um, the vast majority of these people are exactly that—they are just trolls. They're not personal individuals who actually have enough information or know about you to per- be able to personally criticize you. They are people there who are just ranting or flo- uh, throwing mud for their own satisfaction rather than for any real benefit to anyone. So, um, yeah. Well, I've got I've got quite a few questions from uh, from Instagram and, um, <laughs> and there we've covered most of them, actually. But first one from Jimmy Booth. She's just wondering what your favorite book is.
2: My favorite book. Um, I would have to say my favorite book is Lord Running by Timothy Noakes. And um, so Lord Running was my very first Uh, It was my very first running book that I got back in 1995 that my dad got for me, and so that book like talked all about comrades, and um and so like I like I don't know if you if you've seen the book, but it's like three inches thick. Like it's one of those books that it's so it's so dense and it has so much science information in it that uh, when I I got it in the 7th grade and mm. and trying to trying to read all this science you know in the 7th grade it, it it was like all all over my head and so I didn't understand what it was about but uh, he told all these stories about comrades and Bruce Fordyce and all these legends of comrades and so I had it in my head that someday, you know, if I ran an ultra, I was going to run Comrades. Um, and so it's really funny now to, to to reflect back that that was the book that inspired me, you know, to go run Comrades. And I had no idea, I mean, I would go and win Comrades, but at least that seed was planted, you know, to, to uh, be, you know, uh, aspired to, to run that race. So.
1: Well, it
0: might be a four-inch book now that you've uh, they've had to add your... <laughs> Your are next to it as well actually have you <laughs> read the ghost runner before
2: the ghost runner no i don't think so
0: i, I don't know if it's really it's okay made it that. out of the of the uk but it's about a probably the the most unsuccessful successful british runner who was never officially recognized and who yeah. then moves to south africa to try and win comrades oh, and wow. it's um it's it's an amazing book but i mean you'd love it from the okay. comrades aspect but also yeah. understanding the you know his his role in South Africa and and all oh, these things um, really, really in- interesting. So, uh, question from Paul Jukes saying, "How reliant are you on your support crew for things like mental support and for motivation during the twenty four hour and, and you perceive the forty hour a- 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 attempts?"
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my my husband is pretty much my main crew person. Um, and so he, he knows me well enough that, uh, I, I can't remember if I've told the story about how I, uh, ended up drinking beer and ultras, but, uh, but, but he's the type of person that knows me well enough that he knows how to push my buttons. And so even, you know, whether, whether knowing that, hey, you want a beer, you know, <laughs> like he, he's kind of the one that can be like, okay, you know, what's, what's the thing that's going to perk me up in an ultra? Um, so even like my 24-hour world record I set here back in October, uh, he told me that I was going to surpass Scott Jurek, um, Scott Jurek's PR for 24 Hours. So I pretty much went like beast mode those last, last couple of hours because in my mind I was thinking, okay, you know, you got to beat Scott Church's PR. And um, and I actually beat it by, I think it was like two and a half miles or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I got to give credit to my husband. And uh, we have another friend that, uh, that has crewed me for my 12-hour and my 24-hour records um, in Phoenix at Desert Solstice. Um, and so he's going to be coming down again for the, the 48 hour record. So.
0: And have you, well, do they have or do you have targets <laughs> already lined up of different people or different distances or what they mean? Or are there not really enough in the 48 hour um, attempts for you to go for?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, I think when I, whenever I'm going for a a race and a record that they, I, I'm not somebody that likes to think too much. I just like to go out there and just run and run as fast as I can for as long as I can. So I, I let them like, you know, I let them like Kind of just be the people that you know tell me things like oh you know pick it up you're gonna beat Scott Jurek or um, you know Connor's always giving me like food and gels and new bottles and that sort of thing so I mean we just try to keep the, the thought process like pretty simple and not be thinking too much about splits and uh, other other people in the race and uh, but but I I mean Connor Connor just knows when to push my buttons and to be like hey you know. You're, you're only like two laps from Zach Bitter or something you know for uh, last year when I ran the 24 hour record I eventually caught Zach Bitter after 100 miles and um, so I mean I, I am a competitor and so I think Connor knows like when to tell me those sort of things that hey you're going to beat the guys you know you're going to beat the men um, and so so yeah I mean for, for me I mean maybe I don't know how close I'm going to get to Giannis Coros' record for, for 48 hours but if i'm within like you know five miles or something mm. oh heck yeah it's going to be game on to try try and chase a record like that
0: well I, th- I think even if it doesn't go well which you know there's always a chance of it is such an unknown you know doubling yeah from 24 that i, I don't think there's going to be any real downside to it it's going to be learning experience or a positive yeah. experience hopefully either way and, and do you think um Do you you think it's the fact that you're married that gives Connor that insight, or or do you think all coaches should have that ability? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, that's that's a great question. I mean, uh, I think it definitely helps to have to be married and to have you know a spouse that understands me well enough to to be my crew and to 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 know how to push my buttons. But um, but like we had an athlete that that uh, her name is Marissa. That she just won Desert Solstice uh, last weekend. Um, so, so for two years in a row, it's either been I won Desert Solstice or an athlete that we coach won Desert Solstice. Um, so, so Marissa was actually being crewed by uh, Jake Jackson, uh, who was on the 24-hour team with me. And so, uh, Jake and his wife were there crewing Marissa. And so we we because we know Marissa, and we're we were on the phone with Jake trying to tell jake you know uh don't don't make her think too much uh, because if she start if, if she starts thinking it's going to stress her out and so uh so i mean we we've gotten to know our athletes well enough that that we know how to push their buttons and uh so, so jake was able to crew her to uh to a win and beat all the men at desert solstice so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean like obviously like we were able to be there for for marissa but we were able to tell jake uh you know this is what you need to do to help uh marissa reach her her uh personal best so and and
0: what would it take for um for someone to kind of join your crew what what's the criteria <laughs> do they have to be a world beater or you know is it just friends or
2: Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, we, we've had friends that just, uh, like, just like I had a friend from New York and that she was at desert solstice last year. And, uh, I think, I think she just happened to be in Phoenix at the time. And she was like, she's like, Hey, I'm in Phoenix this weekend. You want me to help you out? And she ended up being the one that drove to Taco Bell to go get my taco that I ate, uh, at, at desert solstice so um yeah i mean sometimes it just happens to be people my friends that happen to be there uh, but i mean even like the big backyard ultra like i'm signed up for it next year and i've already had like 50 people contact me <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah i mean i i've got an abundance of friends now that that want to you know be part of my crew but i mean hey i'm coming uh, you know, if I come to race in the UK, then I've got you and and Jody and uh, you know whoever whoever else is over there that want to crew me for a race. So the,
0: the good thing is as well, um, if you're doing a twenty four hour uh, like a record over here, every single lap you'll have one of us saying, "Yeah, this is as far as I've run." Yep, but so you'll get to about the first third, and you'd have you'd have wiped <laughs> out all of our achievements before we've uh, got anywhere. But That's um, funny. so um, there's a, a question from Catherine Foley, which is why don't you tie your hair back and how do you cope with the sweaty strands sticking to the back of your neck when you run?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I actually started running with my hair down as a freshman in college. So, like, over half my life ago, I started running with my hair down. And, I mean, that's just what I'm comfortable with. And I remember when I started running with my hair down that it just felt, like, liberating to, like, let my hair just fly freely. And uh, and I'm somebody that's not easily bothered by... Uh, like, you know, my hair sticking on my neck or getting in my face. And um, I just like how it feels like it just feels like freedom. And uh, it, it's just very liberating, I guess, to me. And um, I guess because my hair has my hair has gotten longer since I've gotten into ultra running. And so uh, there are times when my hair gets like really sticky and like with gels and that sort of thing. And so uh, I've had to uh, sometimes it can be a process just trying to get my hair untangled after races, but uh, <laughs> but I do I use uh I use like Nexus uh Nexus shampoo and hair conditioner and uh, and then I have like a detangler spray that I use. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely like tricks to keeping my my mane uh you know untangled and and flying freely. So.
0: Now, uh, you, you mentioned Biggs' uh, b- backyard, so what's your thinking on there? There's, there's been some big distances run on that. Um, like how many laps do you reckon you could do if, if all goes well?
2: Uh, I, I'm not somebody that really sets like a goal or anything. I mean, I, my goal is to win and to outlast everybody. So I think, I think the advantage that I have is just how strong I am. Like I'm super fast and super strong. And, and, uh, and then also because I, I mean, I, my thought process is that I could finish the laps a lot faster than everybody. And that would give me more time to be able to take a power nap. And, uh, as I learned from the 24 hour world championship that I'm really good at power naps. And so I can take like a five or seven minute nap and get back out, get get back up and out there and, uh, and then crank it really fast. And so, uh, so, I mean, I'm just going to do whatever it takes to win the race and to outlast everybody. And, uh, I mean, I just think that being physically strong and able to, to hold the pace for a lot longer, um, I'm really good at pounding the calories, um, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, to ultra running is you have to be able to, to eat and run, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the spot and not have, and not deal with like GI issues and that sort of thing. Um, so, so yeah, I, am somebody that I've, I've got like all these like quirky, uh, you know, abilities that, you know, make me the, the ultra runner that I am.
0: And I I think a lot of it, I've obviously never tried anything like it, but I imagine it would be your, your legs abilities not to stiffen up and your body's ability not to stiffen up in, cause realistically you're not going to sleep all of the time. And there are going to be times when you're cold in the night, when you're not moving around. Um, I mean, how are you with, um, have you, have you done racing where you've, you've had periods out of running and then back into it again? And do, do you respond well to that?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at the at the 24 hour world championship, i lost, uh, I think it was like 56 minutes of oh. 56 minutes of having to like go to the bathroom having to lay down. I mean, I would I would pop off the table and get back out there and start hitting 730 splits, like 50. 1500 splits, 730 splits. So I'm somebody who can pop off a table and I, I don't stiffen up like I can get back out there and keep like springing and and so so yeah I, I feel like maybe I'm just some sort of freak of nature that <laughs> <laughs> not, not everybody can can you know pop off a table and get back like sprinting basically. Um, but, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just, you know, physically strong and fast and, um, I've just got some sort of freak of nature ability. So. <laughs> and
0: have you got any indication of, of who your, your biggest rivals likely to be and, and are you um, going to deploy any mind games? <laughs>
2: uh, I haven't really thought about that. I mean, when I, 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 when I do my 24-hour races, sometimes I can throw in sprints during my races. Um, so other people might be, like, uh, like really out of it or something. And I just go flying past them. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just... I, I, I don't think that anybody can physically and mentally do what I do. I'm just some sort of freak of nature to begin with, um. So so in my mind, I'm just going to be out there just trying to outlast everybody. And uh, I yeah, I I I think that's really the goal of the race is just to win and uh to outlast everybody. So, <laughs>
0: well, I mean, oh, and last last one. Um, what is the date of the 48 hour attempt and is it something that's trackable online uh
2: that's a good question um so i think like my start date has to be sometime sometime between january 28th i'm sorry not january 28th uh december 28th and january 1st uh so uh because they're going to have other races going on uh, i get to i get to choose the best day or the best two days um, when the weather is the most ideal uh, for me to start the race, um, and so yeah, it's kind of cool that I have that leeway with the you know when I start the race. So ideally, I'm hoping to start next. Um, is it next Saturday? So on January. Or, sorry, uh, on December twenty eighth. Okay. Um, and I I I'm not really because I I I'm not really sure what they're going to have as far as tracking, but I know that Air Vipa running uh that they normally do a pretty good job of uh having like really good timing and and they i mean who knows there might be video um i mean i they they've got whatever they did for desert solstice Mm the like they've had video and commentating and that sort of thing um so i'm not really sure what they're going to have but uh when i find out more that i'll definitely share that on social media so
0: Oh, that'd be great. And there'd be nothing so, um, no greater smug feeling than me f- sat full of turkey watching you <laughs> running through the cold for your 47th hour while we're having another turkey leg. Um, well, g- g- amazingly good luck. Um, you know, obviously I've got massive expectations, but I think they're rightly placed and I think you're going to absolutely smash it. So, um, yeah, anything you'd like to kind of throw out there, anything we can promote for you or anything you'd like to mention?
2: uh yeah i i don't know if we ever talked about my my coros watch but uh do you guys do we uh do you guys have coros over in the uk
0: yeah i mean we it i wouldn't say it's known as a popular running brand um but is yeah tell us about it
2: yeah yeah so so coros um is my my watch that i've been wearing the past year and so it has like a freakishly long battery life and so uh, this this is the watch that they actually delivered it. Like like a guy drove the watch to me from uh, – <laughs> he drove the watch from Orange County, California to Phoenix the day before I set my 24-hour record a year ago. And so I wore this watch, and it had like 32% battery life left after 24
0: hours. Oh, nice.
2: And so uh- – yeah, so I, I ended up, like, I, I, I took this, you know, startup brand, and, like, we, we ended up, like, you know, making it more popular just because I, they happened to drive this watch to me to go wear it for my record. Um, and so, so, yeah, now Corus is becoming more and more popular um, in the U.S. and around the world. And, um, and so they, they, they just sent me, um, the, the watch that they have is called the Vertex, and they made an, another watch called the Apex Pro, and so the Vertex, uh, I think it has like sixty, was it sixty hours of GPS, and so this is the watch that I'm going to wear for my 48-hour uh, world best attempt. So oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So and it's it's like the coolest watch. Like I've been wearing it here for the past week, and um, I mean it. This thing just does not die. Like,
1: <laughs>
2: like it's really crazy. Like I, I've worn it for the past week and I think it, it had only gone down like fifty percent. And I'm I'm running like a hundred and almost a hundred and thirty miles per week right now and like it had barely gone down. So um so I'm I'm very optimistic that the watch is gonna outlast me for the forty eight hours. So
0: I mean the good thing is no matter what type of run you are, if you run loads, it's good because you can uh it's gonna record for all of that if you don't don't run loads it's because you're lazy and it's that's good because you don't have to you don't have to charge it very much because you're lazy so either way <laughs> kind of a win-win
2: yeah, there you
0: go <laughs> oh well I'll, I'll um i'll post it in the group because i've i've not actually heard of them before but yeah they yeah. do look really cool um so i'll put that in the i'll put that within the show notes and yeah, uh, yeah i mean if, if you've got any discount or anything that you wanted to share oh, yeah. with people or you know send it across and i can i can add that with it as well. Yeah. And uh, maybe try some sales your way.
2: Yeah, yeah. My my code, uh, my code right now with Coros is uh, Camille, so it, it's just my name, and uh, that gets that gets you a free watch band um, along with the watch. So, um, so yeah, you have to add the the watch and the whatever watch band. And I've got like every color in the rainbow right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, the, their watch bands are really cool for sure. So.
0: And that's just on Chorus.com, is it?
2: Yeah, yeah, Chorus. Yeah, I think it's, is it Chorus Global? I'm not sure what they're... Uh,
0: they've got Chorus.com oh, I've got here. Yeah, that's right.
2: So yeah, is, yeah, Chorus. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming back on and doing a Q&A. and a um, And
2: yeah. good,
0: good luck in, in 10 days now. 10 days, 12 days, 14 days. By the time this is out, we will probably be, be listening to you um, as you're doing it. So... Uh, yeah. Good luck with it all, and we'll see you um, see you in January.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, I, I'm seeing excitement. I need to I need to do a post because uh, everybody over in the UK is really excited that I'm coming. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be really fun to come over there.
0: Oh, it's gonna be so fun, and uh, just make sure you've got your drinking boots with you because there's gonna be some <laughs> we'll get some big guy aliens and uh, a bit of a party on the Saturday night.
2: <laughs> there you go. It'll
0: be fun. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Thanks,
2: Camille. Yeah, have a good good Christmas.
0: You too. Take care.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. I could have gone on. Could have gone on.
1: (laughs) I think we've covered Camille now, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything we don't know about her now? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing that we forgot to say. Before the,
0: the original interview is like all of all of the questions we asked were assuming that you knew everything we knew about Camille already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, no, we've become like other running podcasts.
0: Yeah. So I don't know whether that makes us better interviewers or far worse interviewers.
1: Well, I don't know. It does that thing where some people hate us and some people are like, well, I don't know what's going on. I mean, to be fair, and some people will go and some people, some people will be like, "Oh, you've done your research. Thank goodness for that."
0: But if you if you don't like if you don't think Camille, if you, well, if you li- if you're listening to this podcast and you don't think Camille Heron is worth going back and listening to, then you can sod off anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, what are we here for if we're not listening for listening to us to interview Camille three times? Because I mean. Life doesn't get better than that, uh, f- for us mainly. But,
1: you know, maybe for you. Maybe isn't for it, you as it's well. What? It's not three times that it's four times, isn't it? Is it four times now? I think it's it, four times, yeah. Is it? Wow. So. Is it not? Yeah, I mean... it's four times. It's four times now, because we're after the first one. She came back again, like, very soon after. Yeah, it's four times now. I think she's officially the most interviewed Oh, poor Pete Reese. Poor it's... Pete Reese. Who?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you know the worst thing Pete, Pete Reese has left Rat Race now so we can't even bring him on legitimately um, themed to we're going to have to interview his right wife and maybe he'll speak in the background or something bring her a cup of tea
1: to be fair, when he first came on, it was barely legitimately. Anyway, it was. It, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that we were desperate for guests or anything like that. But I mean, to be fair, he was bringing
0: up our credibility immensely by coming on our podcast. <laughs> so uh...
1: and, and and also questioning it while he was on the podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was
0: improving our our knowledge dramatically. And in fact, in every way, Pete, Pete improved us. He probably would do now. To be fair but
1: to be fair um, make- if you haven't listened
0: to the pete reese podcast go back and listen to them as well because until Camille, he was our number one and in many ways he's the number one in our hearts still he is number one in our hearts yeah so what would you make of that what is i mean she she's she, i lo- just love the way that she's so unashamed like i'm just really talented at this and it's it's strange to as a brit hearing that because normally you have to qualify everything as a humble brag or you you can't really just come out and say yeah i'm just i'm just blessed with being the best
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know that's the thing isn't it i suppose you just have to be um uh, you just have to be honest about it don't you Uh, especially and it's just a statement of fact it is a statement of fact um and it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be the best of all time but right now if you are the best and you're clear i mean it's not as if there's any kind of Gray area with, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah. it's like clearly, clearly, it's like, it's like, it's almost like the same bowl, isn't it? Like when there's someone who is yeah. clearly ahead in their field and really they're getting a clear run.
0: At, it's like an night records. out drinking with Chris Lince, isn't it? You know, you're not going to stand <laughs> a chance. There's, there's only Chris. one person winning that competition.
1: <laughs> There's very few situations where, where a Chris Ince analogy <laughs> works. <laughs> I'm talking about Camille, but I do think that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, like, but this, this 48 hours... Listen, if you don't know who Chris is, there's no way you're going to find out. Cause we've, <laughs> there, there is no interview with Chris Ince. There is no interview and there never will be. <laughs> unless, we, unless we interview a parkrun
0: director to see why he was banned. What, what the
1: controversy <laughs> his, his, what, I love, what I love about that is in one breath we've talked about how, how we've become more professional, more perceived professional. <laughs> and then in another moment we've 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 used an in-joke that no one who doesn't know Chris Intz is gonna know what we're talking about. That's utterly brilliant.
0: Essentially he's an alcoholic, that's what we're saying. Chris Ince, is now that? that's all you needed to know.
1: Um okay, and, yeah. and a very a very committed one. A very <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brings his family to drinking, drinking, running events as well. That kind, that kind of committed. I think technically his kid are alcoholics just based on the fumes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, um, before Chris is his job and his family. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that forty-eight hour is it's it's going to happen
1: by now, assuming nothing is going to right. Because oh, well, look, well is. Uh, She's pretty confident about it as well. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I just the ability. I mean, that just shows you how 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 far ahead of your game to be. Just talking matter of factly about just destroying records. Yeah, uh, exactly, like that. and
0: that's the thing. So you've never done this before. In fact, very few people on earth have ever done this before. Oh yeah, definitely going to smash it, and uh, maybe I <laughs> fit down the lens. Maybe I'll... <laughs> it'd be so good if she does. it'd be... And and it's just that. And it's just that aware, that self awareness of your own capability that I think is, I think I guess that comes with twelve years running now, hundred miles a week.
1: And it just must be amazing. I mean, like um, having having spent like the last year trying to uh, like improve five k time and trying to become more aware of you know what what abilities are, and then the year before that we was doing the you know, like the sub four things like that, knowing just kind of like if you're in the ballpark of being able to do something as you grow greater awareness of your body you know Mm. you kind of is for people that aren't um uh as regular runners that that's the thing that you really that's really i think really makes you stand out as, as a kind of a committed runner is that you really understand what you're aware you really gain awareness of what your capability is very very accurately um and uh, but but you go into different races going okay I know I'm capable of this I know I can do these things I'm know yeah. that I'm gonna yeah you know, uh, there's a there's almost like a plus or minus there's a, there's a margin of error and stuff like that I think she's at that level where she just like knows like unless something horrific goes wrong mm. like even like you know, weather or something like that this is just it's almost like a, a foregone conclusion and I think that's a real mark of. Uh, of having that level of, of awareness about your about your capability and and, and just being on that on a, just a completely different level. But I, I just know that I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do this even like, even though I've never done it before that's that's just incredible. <laughs> but I, I think actually that's one of the the potential
0: dangers of to a certain extent in this group but also the fact that there's there's so little um, so many people go straight into ultra. And you, it's, it's such a, a leap up from, from a normal run that you, you certainly get this awareness about your own body. I mean, I know the weaknesses. I know my potential injuries. I know when something's, like, something's flared as, and is, is saying, here comes an injury if you don't react or when something's just a bit tired. And, and, and she must now be so hyper aware of everything because you you do it sounds weird but you you can just listen to your body you can just sit down and you know where all your muscles are like where they're at what shape they're in how they're feeling and she must be so so attuned to that now given what she's put her body through but also that the that background level of training for year after year after year um but I, i i i'm gonna try and I'm going to try and f- I want to watch it. I want to I want to track it because going out at 24 hour pace for, for a
1: 48 hour race,
0: it does seem, it does seem somewhat foolish.
1: <laughs> <The thing> is, <laughs> do you think how you,
0: how you can do your first 24 hours in a, a two day race? Well, at my record pace, 24 hours, obviously. <laughs>
1: uh, I just I don't know. It's just it's just a different level, isn't it? The thing is, like you were saying there, you you get you gain an understanding, but but like you say, ultras are different. Like if you you know like what your pace, like I think you know things like marathon, even like um, uh, like a fifty mile and stuff like that. You can you can pretty much work out how how well you're going to do but i think if you start going when you start going up into the 60 70 80 mile up to 100 then beyond 100 like there's just so many factors that i suppose it's different if you're running out of track Mm. you you take a lot of that out a lot of that out completely Um, and i suppose the more the more that you run then you have a greater awareness but i don't know i it's just still such a massive area where so many different things could go wrong like lee um lee stewart evans said something a while back which is completely true about things like 100 milers is that you almost have to have a perfect race to finish um everything has to kind of go right um in order to you can't go if you have like one wrong if you if 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 things go wrong with your um your nutrition or, or, or stuff like that on a hundred miler there there's not a huge margin for error for anyone because there's so many things that that can go wrong over over that period of time over that sort of distance um and i suppose she's just got it down to a level now where she is the the margin of error is so tiny um that she could possibly experience that she can be confident enough to be to be running at that pace right
0: um, I, I think as well i mean I don't know if that's necessarily true that you need a perfect race to finish. I think if you're if you're going for a PB, you probably need a perfect race to finish because the stress you're putting your body to, to be on the edge of that PB means if something knocks you off, you're going to go you know you're going to you're going to absolutely go off piece. But I think the good thing about Camille is because she's got that strength and so much awareness of like how she feels. All of the stories we talk to, she doesn't, she's never, she never has perfect races. She maybe had a perfect race, not the last 24 hour but the one before where she did it just on gels. But even then, she, she paced, she didn't pace aggressively. And that was still a learning experience for her. But whenever you talk to her, I mean, the the fact that she has her beers, the fact that she sometimes has tacos or whatever it was, the random food. These are all because she's not having a perfect race. And this is how she adapts to it. And actually, her main skill is that she just... And and when she was saying that she can just lie down on a table for three minutes, sleep, get up, and just run run at the pace she's meant to be pacing immediately because she's so adaptable. And actually, that's probably... Like the consistency and adaptability, like she 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 can perform at 100% when she, when she's at 85%, and that is what is freaky. Where well, as you say, you know, a lot of people get completely knocked off when something goes wrong, but when she has to go to the toilet eight times because we didn't say any the, any rude words, but you know, stuff's going on down there, she still breaks a record by five miles. And just adapts to eating for the first time in pretty much any race mashed potato because she suddenly feels like some mashed potato, even though she just uses carbs normally, just uses gels normally. I mean, that is next level adaption where she just decides to sleep twice because she feels tired, even though she's never done that in a race ever before. I mean, if you think of those, that's eight stops you're not expecting And you still run an extra five miles
1: on the world record.
0: I mean, that is adaptability and a half.
1: Insane. Yeah, yeah. maybe I actually know what. As I was talking there, I've I've, I've misquoted Lee. He didn't say that at all about perfect race. He said everything. He said you you don't need a
0: perfect race ever to to guarantee. (laughs) Did he say the reverse? (laughs) You have to have a
1: perfect race. Everything has to go. (laughs) Everything has to go. Well, conditions i think he was talking about there conditions have to great right. and there's a certain amount of adaptability in any 100-miler race because you mm. again but that's awareness that is total awareness of your of your body I, on my first 100-miler i started for the first time ever and i know this is not the same but your bo- but your body does different things started eating um like cherry tomatoes like for some reason like my body craved cherry tomatoes and i started eating like
0: there's nothing like just filling your belly with acid, is there, to, to really <laughs> to really set you up for a good race. <laughs> but it was weird.
1: It's like maybe you know, fresh like a, lemon juice. Maybe a bottle no, of fresh lemon juice would... <laughs> but, but no, it's weird no, like it's where like when someone was pregnant, they have like weird cravings. It's like mm. I think you have weird cravings on it, like when your body goes mm. into this shit <laughs> shut up, you're not like, taking taking a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Were you what? having weird cravings? <laughs> you're like, I want to eat. I want to eat tires, car tires. <laughs> someone get me gherkins. <laughs> I want ice cream with yeah, that's it. Um, you're basically, uh, a, mashed, a, a, mashed potato is like a labour for you. Well, um, if you've ever been to NCT class, which I imagine you will <laughs> do because you are because you're middle class and white, uh, and and you need friends. Um, if you go to NCT class, the uh, the midwife there will tell you that uh, pregnancy is like running a marathon. So I'm like, so, yeah, And I said to Libby, fucking hell, I've done loads of those. This isn't easy for you. Hey, I didn't even train for this. I turned up with four hours to go. Why are we here? We don't need training. <laughs> Although Libby will argue that the uh, for labor, first... Um, uh, labor with uh, with Frida is probably slightly slightly longer than my first marathon yeah, but yeah you know, um,
0: like 28 hour
1: actually marathon. do you know what actually do you know what it's probably it was the same length as my as my first uh, 24 uh, my first uh, 100 miler <laughs> 26 really? hours yeah perfect <laughs> The same, although you weren't there pacing her for the last uh, last eight hours of that. I have to say, uh, I was um, looking after, uh, I was looking after. I'm not going to say anything. Um, any <laughs> but mashed potato, <laughs> mashed potato, mashed potato. potato. <laughs> That's absolutely disgusting. Who eats smash? Who even has mashed potato available? Who brought mashed potato to a to a race? Although well, new potatoes, salted new potatoes, I imagine would be. Well, chips, chips, and salted potatoes are a, a, a standard hundred-mile fare.
0: But chips and gravy on a hundred miler i'm oh that'd be incredible
1: but, 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 but mashed potato what yeah Who well, it?
0: i think uh, connor he kind of eats the potatoes and like feeds her like a bird so uh
1: that's that's so what he randomly practice. just had some mashed potato with him
0: Although the thing is, you've got
1: twenty four hours, haven't you? So I imagine so you just want to make milk. a smorgasbord of everything. I'm just going to make all these foods in the hope that <laughs> you've never eaten before. In that, with the possibility <laughs> that you may eat this for the first time on this race. Although Deliveroo, they probably Deliveroo'd it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Now, I mean, imagine Dean Carnassus book.
0: If Deliveroo had been around, he'd uh, he'd have had more than a pizza. He'd have had like a nine course meal but um yeah well it's it's happening at the moment potentially even as we speak I, I need to find i need to check with connor actually we'll put a link in the group not now that it's, it's too late anyway but um because i think it's going to be fascinating to track and her pace is going to be so interesting to see when it dips or if indeed she's just going to sleep more and carry on but I mean, it maybe it's the pace for her on a 24-hour race is so cosmopolitan anyway. That
1: cosmopolitan is that the right, word or I have I no it. idea. What does that? <laughs>
0: <Not> cosmopolitan, <laughs> isn't it? It's so pedestrian anyway. Pedestrian. That's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why i've been ordering the wrong cocktail. Yeah. Right, can can, I have, have, a... can I have two can pedestrians, I have pedestrian, please. please? <laughs> I wonder what that would taste
0: like. Oh, gritty. But um. It'd be, maybe it's so pedestrian for her that there aren't really any benefits from slowing down because it, it might move her into an, an awkward run position because it that would be so slow for her potentially so i mean maybe she's onto something but i mean do bad what do you think if
1: you've when you've done 100 milers could you do pedestrian you think is that pedestrian is absolutely the right word it's we're using in terms of 100 milers here
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but if
1: you, I guess, I guess I'm probably
0: speaking more to the speed, the speedsters, um, you know, people like Mike Stocks and, and co. But, you know, if you've if you've run hard at a 24 hour race, is that a pace that is to go slower than would be annoying or uncomfortable? Because um, that's essentially what we're asking, whether it's a good strategy or not, because if if it is annoying or uncomfortably slow, then, yeah. Uh, you can understand why she's not going to bother slowing it down because she might actually get more tired going at a slower pace because she'll be engaging muscles in a different way than they're trained to and used to and and all of that. But, uh, well, hopefully, by the time you hear this podcast, we'll have a new male and female world record
1: holder. Yes.
0: Maybe. Nice way of ending things, I think. Nice way of
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly a uh a cliffhanger about something that's already happened <laughs> that you'll know the answer to already yeah so two matters let us know what happens <laughs> 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 but, um if you enjoyed
0: this episode some other good ones obviously we've got the two or three come ones and some other really good long distance ones we spoke to i mean Dean carnas obviously speak to harvey uh Sweet Love about winning Badwater. We speak to Courtney DeWalter about um, coming second in Big's Backyard. We speak to Candice Burt about organising and running 200 milers, um, three in a single year. Uh, Who else would you recommend? We've done a lot of big, haven't
1: we? Yeah, I think think you've ticked off the big ones there.
0: Or even even, um, Forrest Gump episode. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah five times um unbelievable rob pope yeah if you like if you like people running big distances um in ways that you can't even imagine then this really is the podcast for you yeah not not from not from the not from the presenter perspective just (laughs) listen to other just to the guest perspective
0: although next episode you're going to understand why i've not been running because i i've i've discovered there is a reason and it's not just being lazy, JD Rainsford. It's, uh, it's not just being lazy. There's <laughs> an implication there as well. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. and um, Please do leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It may seem like a, an annoyance and something that's irrelevant, but it genuinely helps us get better guests because that is the main window for the podcast and adds to our credibility. So it makes it easier for us to get on the people you want us to interview. As always, if there is someone out there or a story out there you want us to talk about, to get on the podcast, tag us in the Facebook group. We'll go and do that. If you want to ask an interview question to future guests, follow us on Instagram. We always post in advance. Well, mostly post in advance who we're going to talk to. And we will then ask questions like we did today with Camille directly to the, um, to these fantastic guests and you can get a bit more insight than you would do otherwise. Um, anything you want to plug,
1: Janie? No, uh, but if you want to see Camille, make sure you come along to the uh, run, national running show. Um, tickets are still available for that. And we're going to be speaking to her on the ultra zone stage, which that, is going to be incredible.
0: It's going to be good. And there's, there's a free code. Is it AB? I can't remember Ali's code. AB 19, But that'll be in the group somewhere as well. So you can come along for free. And I guess other than that, we will see you guys next time. See
1: you later. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye,
0: bye-bye. Baby, come back. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Yes, and give me one more try. Cause I love like this. Should I never ever die? Come back. Fuck you, buddy.